0: Well, it's good to be back in God's house this morning at Porch Light Baptist Church. Glad to have those who's able to come out. And happy Father's Day to any fathers that may be watching today. Uh, missing my dad today. be six years and four months since he passed away. But uh, there's not a day goes by I don't think about him. And uh, I'm glad to have at least one of my children here with us today. But uh do have a message, a Father's Day message this morning. And it's going to be out of Proverbs. Proverbs chapter 17 be taking our text from, we're going to look at one verse out of this this particular place in the scripture, Proverbs 17 and 6, this message I've titled The Crown of Old Men, The Crown of Old Men, Proverbs 17 and 6, here the Bible says, children's children are the crown of old men, and the glory of children are their father's. Our Heavenly Father, we come to you this morning, Lord, asking for your help in this message. Lord, that you'll be able to, uh, your work will go out and do a mighty work in our hearts. And God, we know that you can do all things. Lord, even use me to preach today, Lord. Lord, keep me out of the way. And may you be visible for these things we ask in the name of Jesus. And amen. Well, you know, when you're a kid, you don't realize a lot of the things that you have. Uh, I didn't know when I was a kid how good I had it. You know, We all think that we're just being tortured and terrorized by our parents growing up. Uh, I was very fortunate. I was brought up in a Christian home. Uh, Several generations of Christians in my family. Uh, Both my parents Christians. They raised me and my my sisters and uh, my foster brother (coughs) as Christians. Uh, I was not subject to a lot of the things that, that a lot of kids are subject to. I never heard my parents fuss and fight. I never saw my dad drink any kind of liquor. I never saw them take any kind of drugs because they didn't. They didn't do those things. Now, I grew up with other kids I went to school with. Their parents did all those things. They come from broken homes. There's a lot of homes that are broken. My parents didn't, didn't fight. I never heard my dad use any foul language toward my mother or strike her in any way out of anger. So, you know, I didn't know how good I had it. Uh, We were disciplined when we needed discipline or chastened. We'll use the Bible word, chastened. I was chastened more than most. (laughs) Uh, But, you know, we were taught to be respectful to other people as well. There are certain things in life today that have changed so much from when we were growing up. My wife and I were talking yesterday, uh, going to a funeral, how a lot of times funerals, people don't, Pay respect anymore? They they don't uh, dress up or anything. And I know, you, you know, clothing is just outside thing. But but still, we were raised that if you respected someone, you went to their funeral, you dressed up. Uh, you know, you didn't go just looking like you just come off the street and dragged out from under a rock. And a lot of people are like that today. So things have changed a lot. But when you've been brought up uh, disciplined in a home that uh, teaches respect. For other people then you see a big difference now I know everybody didn't have the same experience that I did a lot of people grew up like I said in broken homes abusive homes Uh, we used to take in foster children that had been badly badly abused (laughs) neglected Uh, a lot of people grew up with unloving parents uh, uncaring parents some grew up in divided homes with only a mother to take care of them some with just a father Uh, A lot of people are raised by their grandparents, especially these days. Um, But some people grew up not knowing their parents at all. So, you know, um, but despite how we were raised or where we came from, everyone had an earthly father and mother at some point, except the Lord Jesus. Of course, he was not born of an earthly father, but he did have an earthly father, Joseph, of course. But each of us are born with a mother and a father. They may not act like they are, but they gave birth to you. They created you. And uh, so there are some things, some attributes, that we receive from our earthly parents, our earthly fathers. Every person has a certain DNA. You receive your DNA from your parents, from both sides. Uh, I did one of those DNA genealogy tests uh, here this past year, and discovered several people that I'm related to through DNA uh, analysis that I didn't have any idea that I was. Uh, we've got ancestors all over the world. Um, we are mainly from uh, Ireland, Scotland. I we're Scots Irish, and so uh, you know our DNA comes from our parents. Ultimately, it comes from the Lord. He's the one that does the DNA. Your DNA is unique to you and you only. There's certain traces that you share with your. Uh, family line, but it's unique to you. It's just like your finger, your fingerprints are unique to you. Uh, the proverb that we read this morning is a proverb of Solomon. He was, as the Bible tells us, the wisest man to ever live. We know that because the Bible tells us so. Uh, after the Lord came to Solomon in a dream and asked him what he would give him, you all remember the story? He's in a dream and the, the Lord asked what it was he would give him because he's now ruling over uh, the kingdom in place of his father David, and Solomon asked for discernment to be able to uh, rule and judge over God's people, and this pleased the Lord, and so the Lord gave him great wisdom. Listen to what it says in 1 Kings 3 and 12. Behold, I have done according to thy words. Lo, I have given thee a wise and an understanding heart, so that there was none like thee before thee, neither after thee shall any arise like unto thee. And I have also given thee that which thou hast not asked, both riches and honor, so that there shall not be any among the kings like unto thee all thy days. And if thou will walk in my ways to keep my statutes and my commandments as thy father David did walk, then I will lengthen thy days. So this man that God made the wisest man to ever live, uh, he's the one that he's the human penman of the of the Proverbs that we just read here. This proverb Proverbs 17 and 6. Um, you know, he was born out of that that uh, sinful relationship between David and Bathsheba. He was their son. And so, you know, a lot of people may take that event in their life and, and use that for an excuse to rebel, uh, maybe to say, you know, well, I was born in sin. My father and mother sinned together and all this, and I'm going to live like a, a devil. <laughs> uh, you know, for a lot of people, that have been cause for them to go into rebellion, but Solomon was able to not let his history or his father's transgressions affect his ability to rule wisely over the kingdom. Now we know he didn't always do what was right. Well, was he had 900 wives and concubines. Uh, and he did a lot of bad things. He allowed a lot of uh, um, idols into the kingdom. Now we know this. But in all in all, he still is considered the wisest man. And he was able to dispense wisdom as the king of Israel, and it it didn't um, it didn't affect his respect for his father. So, I love my father. My father, like I said, is, is now passed away. He died from cancer uh, six years and four months ago, on February twenty fifth. And so, uh, you know, I believe that he's the best father that anyone could have. You know, I try to be a good father, but I know I fell a lot. But my dad, I can look at him and I can say I'm very proud of the father that I had. Uh, He was a very wise man. He didn't say a lot. But when he did, people listened because he always spoke wisdom. Uh, As I was preparing for this message, I do what I always do. I looked up meanings of words to make sure that we understand what we're dealing with. And here in this, this passage, that word crown, it means an ornament or dignity to someone is what that means. So it's kind of a, a um, if you're paying, uh, if, if it's dignity, then you're paying high respect to someone through this. So an ornament or dignity. And that word glory, of course, is, it's used right here. It means beauty, a finery of garments and jewels. So if, if you think of it in this way, of a king with an extravagant crown, maybe out of gold and silver and, and jewels and things, and we imagine that. We don't know what it's like to live under a, a king but uh we always we, we think about it. We, we're taught stories as children about kings and they wear crowns and queens, and we see them you know, on television and movies. Uh, I also think of it kind of like a Christmas tree when we put a beautiful ornament on a tree and how we deck it out with that. We take something that's rather plain, a tree, and we adorn it with these these uh, ornaments, jewels and things. And it turns into something that sparkles and shines and gives it great beauty. So we kind of think of it in that context, this children's children are the crown of old men and the glory of children are their fathers. We see these things, this, this uh, ornament, this dignity, this glory, this finery, the garments of, of, of jewels. And so the, what, this is, what this is showing us is generations, generations of people. So children's children, grandchildren, are the crown of old men, the glory of children of their fathers. And so this goes down from generation to generation is what this is speaking of. So if you look at our scripture with all that in thought, we see what a beautiful design God has made of with fathers and families, children. Uh, not only for earthly fathers, but what we find from our heavenly father. And so I want to give you four things quickly this morning from the Bible that compares Things of the heavenly father with earthly fathers. The first thing we want, we want to look at here is we are all made in the likeness of our father. Now, you may not like the fact if somebody comes in and say you look just like your dad if you're a girl. <laughs> <laughs> uh, my son, uh, we look a lot alike. Uh, I look a lot like my dad looked. Uh, so we do receive likeness from our Father. But listen to what the Bible says. Genesis 1, 26 and 27. The Bible says, And God said, Let us make man in our image after our likeness. And let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the fowl of the air and over the cattle and over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth. So God created man in his own image. And the image of God created him male and female created he them so it's not just men that are created in the likeness of our heavenly father but also women are as well further down in genesis 3 and 1 the bible says in the day that god created man in the likeness of god made he him now the bible tells us that god is a spirit Uh, god is has never been seen the bible says you can't look upon god it would kill you (laughs) even when moses was up there and he wanted to see god and he said you can look at my hind parts and as he passed by through the cleft of the rock and we all know what happened Moses turns white as a, a sheet uh, and starts glowing. Uh, but our Heavenly Father is given attributes throughout the Bible like the arm of God, the hand of God. Uh, it talks about bodily features even though he is a spirit. However, we, when God made us in his likeness in his own image it can mean several things. He created us, first of all in an upright position. We're not animals. Uh, Man is God's greatest creation. Uh, We are not an animal that has to get down on all fours and eat grass and things. He made us upright. And if we're in his image, I believe he's upright. Uh, He gave us free will. It is our will whether or not we want to receive Christ as our Savior or not. We can decide not to receive Christ, and we can go to hell and pay for our sins for eternity. Or we have the free will to accept Christ and believe in the finished work that he did on the cross and we can go to heaven and our sins be forgiven. And so he created us also with a mind that's able to think and able to create. Animals are very different than humans. I know a lot of people think an animal can, is just as smart. And, you know, they. Uh, a lot of people think their dog is, is a kid and, you know. That's fine. If you love dogs, that's fine. I'm, I'm I'm okay with that. But a dog is not the same as a human being. We are on a higher level than animals. And don't ever forget that. And so our mind that God gave us is able to create. It's able to think. It's, it's able to make decisions. But the original man was created to live forever. That's the way God designed man. To live forever. If it had not been for sin, man could keep on living and living and never dying because there would be no death. Death was introduced when man sinned. But we are created in the image of God our Father. In Genesis 5-3 the Bible says, And Adam lived 130 years and begat a son in his own likeness after his image and called his name Seth. You see the pattern here. And so we are formed in the likeness and the image of God, the Father. And then we, when we produce children, they also are produced in our likeness and our image. That's why so many families look alike. And so all the way back to the beginning of time, it's been God's design that children are born in the likeness of their fathers. And aren't you glad God is pro-life? Aren't you glad he doesn't believe in abortion and that he's... A one man and one woman God. Just like he says in his word. Despite what our wicked government tells us that two men can be together and two women. And nowadays they're claiming men can carry babies and all this stuff. What a bunch of garbage. But listen, we come from our fathers and we are in his likeness. So whoever your dad is, there's something about him that you have that came from him. You may not even realize it. You may not know what it is. Somebody may see it in you and they say, you're just like your dad when you did that. That look you just gave me is the look that your dad would give me. And so we all possess something that comes from dad. A lot of people has told me that I look like my dad and, and I realize that. I can see pictures and we're very similar. I'm 100 pounds heavier than he was. But <laughs> uh, Shortly after my father passed away, I was down in the basement of the parsonage that we lived in when we were pastoring our former church. And that door going outside has window panes in it. And I was walking to that door and grabbed the knob, and I looked in that window and saw my reflection, and it looked just like my dad was coming in the door. I was wearing the same hat like he wore, suspenders. I looked just like my dad. And I stood there for a minute and looked, and I was like, oh, my goodness. And so there are things that that we have that come from our fathers. Uh, I've noticed over the years a lot of my mannerisms, a lot of the things that I do, are very similar to what my dad did. Uh, my dad used to look at you, and he had this big crease in his forehead. Guess what? I've got it, too. Didn't used to that I knew of. But people would talk about that. My sister would bring over boyfriends to the house and dad would scowl at them with that crease down his forehead and they all decided it was time to go. Uh, But I've got the same crease, uh, the same hunch. I kind of hunch over. I don't stand up straight. My dad is the same. My son's the same way. If you see us all walk, we all walk identical. You couldn't tell us apart from a distance. And so there's things that we do get. Even you girls, you get things from your father, and our manners and our attitude should reflect the things of our father. Uh, that's where we learn so many things. I really do uh, feel sorry for a lot of children that did not get to grow up with their dad or did not have a good dad. Uh, I, I can't imagine what that was like. Uh, my dad was the greatest influence in my life. Was my father.
1: I love my mother dearly, and she greatly
0: influences me, and I get a lot of stuff from her. But my dad is where I get the greatest influences from in everything I've done in life. He taught me more than than anyone. The second thing we find about an earthly father compared to our heavenly father is that we are greatly influenced by them. Now, that sounds a lot like what we were just talking about. But it's a little different. Growing up, my dad taught me a lot of valuable lessons. At the time, I had no idea how valuable they were, and I didn't really want to hear them. Um, He had several bits of wisdom to share with me growing up. One of his favorite ones, and mine, of course, is, boy, you ain't got enough sense to get out of the rain. Uh, back when I was a kid they'd kind of make me mad because I knew what he was doing He it was designed to both teach me a lesson and put me in my place and it worked uh, I, I would ask dad if I could do a certain thing and it'd be something stupid and he'd say you ain't got enough sense to get out of the rain or he'd tell me to do something and I'd mess it up you ain't got enough sense to get out of the rain I can remember one time uh, I was young really young I uh, must have been Eight, seven, or eight years old. And we lived in a little four room concrete um, building. It was supposed to be a house and they didn't finish it. All it was was the basement part with a flat roof, and that's where I was brought up. Uh, it had a screen door on it. And one summer I was going out that screen door and I slammed it. And I heard it sounded like a bear. <laughs> from the kitchen table dad sat at the kitchen table with a cup of coffee a lot of times yelled at me told me to get myself back in there I came in and he said boy you go over there and you open and shut that door 100 times and it better not slam and I I remember how miserable I was I was like this is the worst thing in my life and I'd, (laughs) I'd open that door and close it you know and I did that 100 times and I thought he's the meanest man I've ever been around this is so silly But, you know, that's been over 40 years ago. Close to 50. uh, Close to 50 years ago. And it is still a lesson that I highly value and will never forget. You won't see me slamming doors. (laughs) It's usually an accident if it is. And so these lessons were greatly influenced from my father. Each of these that we learn from, it shapes us into the person that we become. And then we shape our children into the same thing. Uh, now, sometimes it's good things, sometimes it's bad things. We learn a lot of things from our earthly father that may not be the greatest, and uh, we will we will do those things. But the same with our heavenly father, just as having the precious blood of Jesus applied to our hearts, it makes a major impact upon our lives. It changes us uh, for a lifetime. Once we become saved, our moral compass is reset. Uh, we have the Holy Spirit living within us who guides us. He, he speaks to us through our conscience. We know the difference between right or wrong. And when we go to do something wrong, we know we are, and it convicts us because we share the same blood as the Lord Jesus. So we get that influence, that attribute from our Heavenly Father it causes us to know when we sin and when we should not sin and all this and so may i say to you this morning if you don't have that if you can sin and it does not affect you if it doesn't uh, convict you that you're doing wrong then there's a good chance you are not saved the influence of the heavenly father should be upon every christian's life that's why we're called children of god Uh, Listen to what the Apostle Peter writes in 2 Peter 1, 1 through 4. It says, Simon Peter, a servant and apostle of Jesus Christ, to them that have obtained light, precious faith, with with us through the righteousness of God and our Savior Jesus Christ. Grace and peace be multiplied unto you through the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord, according as his divine power hath given unto us all things that pertain unto life and godliness through the knowledge of him that hath called us to glory and virtue verse 4 whereby are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises that by these ye might be partakers of the divine nature having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust so through the relationship that we have with our heavenly father we have escaped corruption the bible says and so we don't have to live in this life through the world's lust. It says there that it's through his divine power that he's given us all things that pertain unto life. So again, the influence of our Heavenly Father, our Heavenly Father's influence on the believer is a divine influence, and it has an eternal impact, just like our Father's influence has on us. It has an eternal impact upon each one of us. The third thing we find in Scripture, we are, and this one most people don't like, we're chastened by our fathers. Chastened. Over in Hebrews chapter 12, verses 6 through 11, the Bible says, For whom the Lord loveth, he chasteneth. Did you let that sink in? From whom the Lord loveth, he chasteneth. And scourgeth every son whom he receiveth. If you endure chastening, God dealeth with you as with sons. For what son is he whom the Father chasteneth not? But if you be without chastisement, whereof all are partakers, then you are bastards and not sons. Furthermore, we have had fathers of our flesh which corrupted us, and we gave them reverence. Shall we not much rather be in subjection unto the Father of spirits and live? For they barely for a few days chastened us after their own pleasure, but he for our profit, that we might be partakers of his holiness." Now, no chastening for the present seemeth to be joyous, but grievous. Nevertheless, afterward, it yieldeth the peaceable fruit of righteousness unto them which are exercised thereby. So, interesting uh, scripture here. Of course, no chastening seems to be, uh, it's not pleasant. We know that. Nobody takes joy in being chastened and disciplined. Um, But, afterward, the Bible says, it yieldeth. The peaceable fruit of righteousness. So those times our fathers has to chasten us, he does it because he loves us. Our heavenly Father chastens us because the Bible says he loves us. He sa- it says if he's not chastening you, you don't belong to him. You're not his son. You're not his daughter. And so one thing's true: if you're if you have a father that loves you, if he really loves you, he will chasten you because he wants you to succeed. He doesn't want you to fail in life. He doesn't want you to have to go through misery or to mess up and mess up your life. And so a lot of the things that a father does, children don't understand. My dad would tell me I couldn't do this or do that, and I got, I'd get mad, and I'd think he was just terrible. And all my other friends' dads let them do that. Yeah, uh, But I'm so glad now that I had a dad that loved me enough that he chasing me. When I messed up, and so I, I, you know, I used to think he took joy in whipping me. I got whipped so much. Uh, it wasn't until I had children of my own that I understood. You don't enjoy chastening your children. If you do enjoy it, then there's something wrong with you. You need to seek help. Uh, but there's no joy in having to do it. You've heard that saying: "This is going to hurt me more than it's going to hurt you." And we always say, "Right, <laughs> it's going to hurt me bad." It ain't bothering you at all. It's not true. To have to chasten your children hurts. It really does. It hurts you. It breaks your heart. Um, You know, some people think God is this mean old man, sits up in the clouds, and he's angry all the time. And every time you mess up, he's ready to beat you down. Uh, God don't take pleasure in chastening his children either. He does it because he loves us. And if you didn't do it, then he wouldn't love us, and we would be, we'd be going to hell when we die. But uh, we are chastened by our fathers, those that love us. All right, the fourth and final thing we find in the scripture, we're comparing here the things of the Heavenly Father with our earthly fathers. We are designed to bring glory to our fathers. Uh, if children are the crown of old men, then that means that we glorify them. We bestow honor on them. The Bible speaks many times of the fact that we are to bring glory to the Heavenly Father, God our Father. Listen in Romans 15 and 6. The Bible says that ye may be with one mind and one mouth, glorify God, even the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, wherefore receive ye one another, as Christ also received us to the glory of God. Romans 15 and 17. I have therefore... Whereof I make glory through Jesus Christ in those things which pertain to God. Uh, listen, even though Christ, you know, th- through Christ we are we're give to give glory to God, we do that through the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, Jesus is our mediator. There's one mediator between God and man, that man Christ Jesus. And so everything that we do to glorify God comes through his Son, Jesus. Um Philippians 2 and 11, and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. We know that everything Jesus did was to be in the will of his Father. It's what he tells us. Uh, That's why he came here, to die. And so the commandment from Christ to glorify the Father is this in Matthew 5 and 16. The Lord says, let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. Well, we know that we're to glorify our Heavenly Father. Certainly, the Bible is, is filled with that. But what about our earthly fathers? Uh, I know there's there was a lot of times in my life I did not glorify my, my Father. Uh, I, you know, you, you hate to think about it, but I did not bring glory to my dad a lot. I can recall a few times when dad probably wished that I was not his son. Uh, when I was in kindergarten, my dad was a school teacher at Mascot School, and uh, I had an arch enemy there. His name was Alex Miller. And we got into the bathroom one time and held our fingers over the, the water spigots and squirted each other for like 30 minutes. So much so, we flooded the bathroom all the way into the hall of the school. I'll never forget when the principal came in there and yanked us out, and I was walking down the hallway through the water. <laughs> there was a row of these big old basketball players. They they had some great big guys that played on the varsity team in basketball, and they were sitting there and they was looking and they said, "That's Mr. Chesty's son," <laughs> and here comes my dad down the steps. They called him. He came. And I looked at him, and I thought, oh, no. I brought shame to my dad. He probably wanted to kill me right then. And he did. When I got home, he killed me. <laughs> I've been raised from the dead since then. No, he, he really, he, he let me have it. Um, when I was 16 years old, I, I totaled his only car he had, 69 Ford Galaxy 500. Me and uh, she was my girlfriend at the time, but my wife, we were out, and On a date, I ran out in front of a truck, and it hit us going about 90 miles an hour and uh, nearly killed us. Totaled his car, and I'm sure when uh, he got the call, he probably thought, Oh, what in the world's he done now? Uh, As a young man, there was a big yellow Buick coming down the road. He's one of our neighbors, Roy Unks. Very proud of that car. I decided to throw a rock at it. I'm sure my dad uh, would like to disown me at that time. But you know, despite all the things I did, all the whippings that I endured, uh, I've got a, a, my back size like a, like a piece of leather because there's so much come off dad's leather belt uh, that's imprinted in my hind end. Um, despite all that, I never one time heard my dad say that he was not proud of me. I never heard him say, I'm disowning you. I never heard him say I'm kicking you out of the house or anything like that. My dad was not one to go around telling you he loved you. Neither one of my parents do that. But they show us love through all the things they've done in my life. The way they've treated us, the way they've took care of us. Uh, they have proven their love to us and that's how you prove true love is through your actions. You can get up here and say you love someone all day long, but unless your actions follow that, nobody's ever going to believe it. I'll never forget when I was announced my call to preach, and I told my dad, and for the first and only time in my life, my dad told me he was proud of me. And I'll never forget that day. It meant the world to me. the truth is, everything in our life, no matter what it is, we are to give glory to God. 1 Corinthians 10.31 says, Whether therefore you eat or drink or whatsoever you do, do all to the glory of God. That's everything. So what about it, Christian? Are we doing these things? Are we bringing glory to God? Do we see the likeness of our fathers through us? We're created in His likeness. We're greatly influenced by His actions. We're chastened by His love. And we're designed to bring Him glory. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Our Heavenly Father, God, we thank You for the message today. I thank You for fathers. I thank You for the great Father that You blessed me with, Lord. I know He's in heaven now with You. Lord, I can't imagine the glories that await us when we do finally get to reunite. But Lord, I'm praying that for the here and now, Lord, that fathers that are here on this earth, Lord, with children, grandchildren, Lord, that they bring us glory and they're the crown of us as we become old men. Lord, I saw the gray hair in my head this week in the pictures. Lord, I know I'm no longer the young man I once was. But I, I thank you, Lord, for allowing me to be a father. Lord, to the three greatest children. And Lord, I I thank you so much for the family you've given me, the wife and my children. Lord, thank you so much. Lord, I'm praying for those out there today that, that don't enjoy these great things like you've given me. Lord, I pray, Lord, that you help them. Lord, those that are struggling today, remembering their fathers. Lord, are those that never knew their fathers. Lord, I pray that you help them. Lord, but most of all, I pray we give glory to you in everything we do. Help us now. For it's these things we ask in the name of Jesus. And amen.